You know, sometimes it can uh, feel like often we're reminded of that God loves us. I would hope you're often reminded of that. Some people don't know that. We're reminded about that love he has for us and also that love that we're called to bring into others' lives as a result of that love he has for us. And sometimes we can underestimate how amazing and how powerful and how awesome God's love is for us. Transformative love, ever-changing love that impacts us in ways that we can't imagine. I want to talk a little bit about that. And John writes these love letters throughout scriptures, and we see in 1 John chapter 4, 7 through 11, he begins, I'm just going to read a little bit of this to you, and he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, he does not love, does not know God, for God is love. John gives us three reasons uh, for the command to love one another. And if you look at those verses, and you can continue to read in um, chapter 4, verse 7 through 11, and continue. But in 7 through 11, he goes on, and he continues, and he gives us these different reasons, or these three reasons I pulled out for that command to love one another. Not a suggestion, not if you're up for it, not if you feel like it, but it's a command. It's a command to love. We're commanded to love. Why? Because God is love. Well, the first part of understanding or the three reasons for that command is first, love has its source in God. Love is of God, is what John wrote. And love has its source in God. Love is the very character of God, and it comes from Him. Three most important words to remember what John said for all of us is God is love. That we would never forget that and always be reminded of that. And just as fire gives off heat and the sun gives off light, love is a part of God's nature. We cannot separate love from God because God is love. Can't be separated. So the first thing is love has its source in God because why? God is love. Second, Love is evidence that a person is born of God. That's what John wrote about. He said everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If we have God dwelling in us and love is from God, then we should be loving others. If that's so and if that's true, then we should be bringing that love into others' lives. If God has taken our heart, which for me personally, was a heart of stone at one point, and he took that heart of stone and he breathed life into it, and he made it alive, and he brought life into me when I was lost. And, 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 and if I'm regenerated or if we're regenerated in this relationship with him, love should be very present in our lives. Why? Because God is love. And he can't be separated. That it, it has to be visible in so many ways, that that love should be ever-present. There should be this evidence that the person who's born of God, the person who's had that encounter with a living God that's transformed and radically changed as a result of meeting him, encounters his love. That's what we encounter. And when we encounter that love and it transforms us, that, that that should be very present in our life. It doesn't come and go. 
It's not something we shut off and on. I think often we just battle with receiving it. But that should be present in our lives. There should be that evidence of God's love in our life. The third thing, love demonstrates that you know God. It demonstrates this. God demonstrated love to us while we were still sinners. Christ died, what? For us. He demonstrated that love. God sent his only son so that we might have life through him. Now for one to give up his only son that we might have life in him, now that is love. And I was meditating on that verse and thinking about what Christ did for us. And I love my family dearly. And I'm willing to give up my life. I honestly would, would, would do that if, if it came down to them or me, I would give that up. But I haven't done it in that way. We die a little bit each day in ways that we learn to love one another. But here, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That God gave up his only son so that we would have life. That's love. That's encountering love in a way that we've never encountered it. We've got to be reminded that God's love is, is supernatural. It's not human, and, and we're invited into this incredible love. That we're brought into that place. That, that, that he brings this incredible love into our life. It's, it's, it's a, a love that, that, that it's in many ways unexplainable. Often it should just be visible. I think the problem is we try to compare his love with human love, and, and it can't compare. You see, human love is responsive. Human love says this. Human love says, I love you if. Our human love says, I love you because. Our human love says, I love you but. That's when you're in trouble, by the way. I love you but. And, and, and something's different regarding human love. And what's different when we, we talk about that love that's not his love is that we're putting conditions on human love. God's love is unconditional. There's no condition there. God's response, God's love is this. I love you anyhow. God's love is, I love you regardless. God's love is, I love you no matter what. Why? Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us on a cross. Unconditional, incredible, amazing love. Some of us, we struggle that we don't think we're worthy to receive that love. And if you're listening right now, what I could tell you is you absolutely are worthy to receive that love. Some of us, we're harboring things in our life that we've got to let go of. For some of us, we've been hurt by people that's made us put conditions on love. And what I want to tell you right now is that God wants to heal that wound in your life. And he wants you to encounter a love that he has for you in a way maybe you haven't encountered it before. He wants to bring you to a new depth and a new understanding and get out of the conditioned love that we might have our lens of looking at one another and the way that we do that with our human love. And he wants to show you that incredible, unconditional love because he is love. And John concludes at verse 11 
in John chapter 4. It's really important for us to understand in his conclusion what he says. In verse 11, he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If God is love. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We cannot fail at loving one another. And my fear is that the people of God, or as the people of God, we have. We've, we've failed at that command of, of, of showing that love for one another. We've, we've failed. We've, we've done well at God loves me, but we've failed at loving others, including myself. And as a result, I have to repent, and I have to turn and say, God, I've missed it. I've missed it. Selfishness has gotten in the way, and in a way I was greedy with your love, but I wasn't generous with my love that you've given me. And we can't allow that to happen. We're commanded to love God and love others. These are not separate acts that are, uh, are, are pulled apart. It's one statement, and it's a statement that means that, that it's intertwined together, that, that loving God and loving others is inseparable. And you can't claim to love God and hate others. You can't. And if you do that, then, then you've really never known the love of God. That's what John's explaining. But, but if we've encountered that love of God in our life, then we understand it's inseparable, that, that we love others just as much as he loved us, that that love can't be separated. See, human love will always fail. Human love is temporal. Human love comes with condition. And that's our, our lens of love, how we understand it. Not understanding God's love, that agape love that he has for us. It's, it's without conditions and this incredible love. See, see, human love will always fail, but God's love will always prevail. Human love is temporal. God's love is eternal. Human love comes with conditions on it. God's love comes unconditional. And we must put that love, his love, into practice in our daily lives. The most important thing that we should be doing each and every day is just encountering him in that love that he has for us. A love I didn't earn, I didn't deserve, I didn't achieve by doing something. A love that, that, that he just welcomed me in because he loved me and he loves you. Why? Because he's created us in his image. And all of humanity bears his image. And he loves them. And I, I was reflecting that, that those who've rejected him and have been eternally separated from the love of God, you know what? He still loves those who are separated from him. He never stopped loving them. And we've got to start learning about that love in a new way. And, and as a church, we've got to step up in love. We've got to figure some things out. We, we, we can't try to practice a world love and God love or that human condition love, we've got to surrender to his love. And when we surrender to his love and his love becomes prevalent and, and, and the most important thing when we wake up in the morning is reminded of that love he has for us, that God is love, then I want to encounter that in any way possible. Then I want to surrender each and every day everything over to him because I've met the most incredible love I'll ever meet in my life. 
And it's a love that he gives me a promise that will be internal if I give my life, if I surrender my life to his love. That's the only condition. I give him a life that's lousy and worthless, and he gives me eternity. And he welcomes me in to be in an eternal love. What I've got to practice is walking in that love. What I've got to practice is how do I meet him each and every day in that moment and make it the most important thing in my life, that I put his love into practice in my life, that we're putting his love. And as the church, we need to lead in love. As Christians, as disciples, we need to lead in loving others. And if you don't know that God loves you and you're hearing that for the first time, I want you to know he loves you with no condition. And all you have to do is welcome that love in. But as the church goes, we have to rise up and we have to show that love. And it has to be evident or prevalent. It has to, it has to, we have to resemble our lives of who he is to others when we encounter them. That we have to practice that, that we must put that love into practice each and every day. And, and if we want unity, unity is found in his love. Unity is found in his love for us and in how we love one another's how we love one another, how we share that love, and how important that is. And it goes on in John chapter 4, and it says, Perfect love casts out all fear. That no longer would I be fearful because I've encountered a perfect love. That's the love he calls us into, to come into that perfect love. Our only question in this life should be that desire each and every day to grow more in the love of Jesus. How do I grow each and every day? And why is that so important I grow each and every day in the love of Jesus? So I can learn to love others around me. I can show others that love. That same love that he showed me, I'm called to show others. And I'm called to bring that love. We're called to bring that love with no conditions. Can't say, I'll, I, I, I love you, but. It's I love you and... Am I willing to lay down my life for a friend? That kind of love. And when the church loves that way, the world will take notice. What happens in the church is I think that we try to bring that human love, that world love in, and it doesn't look any different. But if God is love, and we bring God's love in, and show that love, that it's, it's inseparable, that we love God and love others, that that's intertwined, that, that, that because of his love for us, we're able to bring that love into others' lives. Then It's then in those moments that we're encountering Christ in the midst of us and for those around us, that we, we're, we're having an impact, that we're seeing God bring that unification into our life and, and into others' lives around us. And he calls us to that place. And I think... Even for myself, there's times that I just have to be reminded I, I need to surrender the conditions I put on love because he didn't put any on it. That i got to welcome that love of who he is in my life and not put conditions on God's love for my life. And then I've got to learn how important that is to bring that love into others. And it's not to say that that love doesn't exist. We see that. We see that encounter in various ways, in different ways throughout ministries and ways that we gather. We encounter one another, and there's a joy that comes because of that common love of who he is. But as a church, 
the world should look at us and say, how do I get that love? How do I find that love? How do I encounter that love? How do they do it? By you and me. Because we're bringing God's love into their life. And it's so important that we get this right. We can mess up a whole lot of other things. But this is the thing we don't want to mess up. This is the thing that we want to get right. We don't want to make it about just that God loves me and the heck with everything else. We want to make it about that God loves me, so I'm called to love everyone else. If we could do that as a church, if the church can get outside the four walls, which it has, if I could love the person on the other side of my fence, if I could love the person I encounter in a store or down the street, or if I could love them with that same kind of love, what would it look like? Well, that's the love that we're called to have. That's the love that we're called to share. That same love. And I'll share with you in the moment when I was on a journey with the Lord and I was really seeking for who he was, but I just didn't understand because I didn't know his love. See, what I understood was God's wrath for my life, not God's love for my life. I missed a few verses in the scripture about Jesus laying down his life, him giving up his life, that I didn't have to become perfect before I came to meet him. I just had to surrender. And there was this moment where I was in church and I was earnest and I was surrendered in my heart. And I said, you know, Lord, you're there and, and I know you're there because something's different. And it was his spirit, his power was being poured out in such a way and it was moving in my life in such a way that, that I never felt that warming of my heart before, that presence of who he was before. And what I was feeling was this sense of, of forgiveness and mercy and grace and what was being poured out of me on that moment was allowing the love into my life. And I think for many of us, we carry around shields trying to block that love. For many of us, it's like we don't want to give it all up yet. I want to hold on to the few things I have and I want to have one foot in and one foot out. And, 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 it, and it's terrible because we're missing that moment. We're missing that encounter that he has for our life. We're missing a fullness of love that he has for right now. And as Christians, we're called to bring heaven to earth and bring that love of who he is into others' lives when we encounter them. And I can remember in that moment, and I had that encounter, and something was different. And it was in that moment in my life that I said, I surrender, that I'm not going to do my way, but I'm going to do it his way. And I remember saying, Lord, whatever you want with my life, you can have it. Again, I don't think I was giving him such a great life. But he thought it was. He thought it was something he could use. He thought it was something that he had a plan for in the future. Something that he wanted to do. Why? Because I bared his image. We all bear that image of who he is, and he's called us into our relationship with him. And it was in that moment of surrendering all the conditions and all the things that I welcomed that love in, that I was radically changed. And, and, and what I was feeling in that moment was God's incredible love being poured out into my life. And what I want to share with you right now is he wants to pour his love into your life. And we've got some things we're going to pray for. And we're going to move into 
little time of prayer. But before we do that, I just want to give you a moment right now. If you've put a shield up and you've blocked that love, that you've got to welcome that love in right now. And I want you to pray with me. I want you to just say, Lord, I'm going to surrender in this moment. Because I, I, I need all of who you are in my life. And I need to know that love in my life. And as you surrender, not only will you encounter that love, but it'll also give you the ability to begin to bring that love into others' lives, to bring that unity and reconciliation and that healing that's so desired. So I want you to pray with me. If the Lord's moving in your heart right now, and if you were like me in that moment that day, praying and just seeking God and earnestly saying, Lord, I, I just need you in my life, and I surrender this life, and you're welcoming him in, I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that with me and you're on our campus right now, um, just go ahead and click that button and say, I raised my hand. Someone's going to come alongside with you, and they'll pull you off and pray with you in a separate and begin to answer some questions or just help you on that journey that the Lord has for you. And we want to continue to help you on that journey. So we're going to take a few minutes now. We're going to pray for some of these things that we've got to pray for and ask God to intervene in those moments. And, and, and if you're there now and you've just been struggling yourself with, with loving others, let's just begin to break down those walls right now. Let's begin to break down those walls that we've built up. So Father God, we come right now and Lord, we ask for a spirit of unity to be upon us. And Lord, where we failed to love, that you, Lord, would teach us how to love. Holy Spirit, we can't do it in our own strength. We can only do it by your power. And Lord, we need unity and Unity needs to begin in your church, the body of Christ that you call together. And Lord, so I pray right now for that unity in your church. That you bring your church together, that you bring the people of God together, Lord, and that you strengthen us. That we would be a living example of that unity because of our love for one another. That the world will see that love and desire it, Lord, above all other loves. Father, help us. And Lord, teach us how to bring unity and that love into our families where we've failed at parents. Lord, make us whole. For the prodigals at home, Lord, uh, we ask that you send them home, that, you, that those who've left would return, Lord, that you would begin to bring unity back in husband and wife and in children and parents at love would prevail in the home, Lord, and that you would not let the enemy destroy families, Lord, but that you would just breathe new life into families, Lord, into the, our homes. Lord, you know that we need unity in our culture right now more than we've ever needed it before. Father, tear down walls that have been built up, Lord, no longer that there'd be division, but there'd be unity, Lord. Just as you and the Father are one, 
so too we desire that unity. So help us, Lord, where we failed. Unify us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Tear down, Father, those walls that have been built up by man. Build a culture of love, I pray, Lord. A culture of forgiveness, a culture of reconciliation, a culture of healing, a culture of loving one another, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and move among every city right now, Lord, we pray. Bring that unity. Father, forgive us where we've tried to seek after politicians to make the difference when we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we seek you first in all things, Lord. Come and bring strength right now, we pray. Father, we pray particularly right now for those dealing with isolation or depression or anxiety, Lord, that are just homebound. And Father, we ask that you would come and remove those obstacles, remove those things that they would know your joy, Lord, that they would know your peace, that they would know your sweet fellowship. So come, Lord, and minister to those who are struggling in that place right now, we pray. Father, we pray for those who are dealing with addiction right now and just need to be set free of whatever that is. Lord Jesus, break those chains off of them, we pray right now. Spirit of deception be gone in Jesus' name and every stronghold be broken in Jesus' name. Father, surround them with those who will speak truth and love into their lives that they too know that they could have victory this day and this moment, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Worship you. You had a sense as we were praying for that, that some of you are watching right now and you've backslidden in your recovery. And what I want to tell you right now is God loves you even though you've backslidden. God's not angry with you. God just wants to meet you in this moment right now. So just surrender. Whatever that would take, just surrender. Pick up a phone right now. Call a friend. Tell a sponsor. Tell someone, I've, I've just been struggling. I've been falling back, and I need to surrender again right now in this moment. That, that whatever that is will no longer have, have an authority in my life. But that I, I ask, Lord Jesus, you come in that, to that struggle right now and you break every chain in Jesus' name and you set them free. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Father, we continue to pray for an end to this coronavirus, Lord. Um, Father, that you would uh, give the researchers and doctors the cure, Lord. Father, that, uh, that within a moment they can figure it out because of the knowledge and wisdom you give them, that not 
that man would have it, but that you made a way for it. So we pray right now in this night, in this moment, Lord, that you would make a way for all those who are working on a cure, that, that it would come to them on how to, Lord, uh, rid this, this nation, rid this world of that virus, Lord, to make us whole. We want to pray for those who are sick right now with it, Lord, and they're just lonely and they're isolated. And uh, God, we just ask that you would breathe breath into their lungs and that you would heal them right now in the name of Jesus. Just heal them right now, Lord. Father, we pray for doctors and nurses and all those on the front line who are, are faithfully working in the midst of this pandemic, that you protect them, that you keep them safe and healthy, Lord. Let them know your peace and your presence, Lord. Refresh them and renew them now, we pray. We pray in Jesus' name, renew them right now, Lord. Father, we want to pray for those who are just battling in their finances, Lord. Those who have lost their job during this time and are going to need work, Lord, do you make a way for that job, for that work to come available for them? Those who are in fear of losing their jobs, Lord, that you would give them peace, but Lord, that you would begin to make a way that we know you're our provider, Lord, and that we trust in you. And that, Lord, we walk by faith, not by fear. So we're trusting in you and our provision. But, Lord, I pray for those right now who have just been so impacted, Lord, that um, they would just trust in you and that you're making a way right now in this very moment for them. Your provision will be more than enough, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, Father, we pray as um, here in New York we begin to move into phases of re-entry, that you would keep us healthy, that you would protect the elderly, Lord, those with pre-existing conditions, Lord, and uh, Father, that um, you would let us come back to that place of community so that we can meet with one another and do that safely, Lord. We, we look forward to that time, and so I pray as you um, begin to lead us and guide us, Lord, as we come together, that you also protect us. And so just, Lord, give that wisdom as we open up throughout New York and as businesses and restaurants and those things will begin to open, Lord, that you would pour out that wisdom. Lord, we just pray right now just for a move of your spirit among your people. God, that we would be refreshed in this moment because we came to be with you. Holy Spirit, that, that we're changed as a result of a touch from you. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to bring that unity, Lord, of one another, Lord, as we come together. And that, that would be something the world would see as the church would lead the way to put all our hope, all our trust in you. And I pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to worship the Lord with one more song. Just remember, um, 
you can find us on live.intercessorchurch.com or one of the platforms you're on. And Saturday, you join us again at 6 o'clock or as well uh, as Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. And we look forward to seeing you there. And if you have any questions, you let us know and um, go to intercessorchurch.com and we'd be happy to answer any question and help to continue with uh, your journey with the Lord. Amen. And remember this, God loves you. <laughs>